0: Welcome to Bandcamp. My name is Dan.
1: And I'm Jennifer. And this is the podcast where we read banned books to try to find out why they were banned in the first place. And this season,
0: we are taking on The Adventures of Mark Twain by Huckleberry Finn. That's not really it. I'm going to flip-flop that around. We're reading The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Uh, Just a heads up, we're going to be spoiling this book because that is what we do here. We're reading each chapter of the book out loud. So if you don't want to be spoiled, head on over to Season 4 of Bandcamp. Check out Episode 1 and you can catch up. Follow us over on Instagram at bandcamp underscore podcast. Now, before Jennifer starts reading, let's introduce the third member of our team, our trusty AI robot, to give us a brief overview of where we left off. Look, at this guy. Previously on Bandcamp, Huck finds himself at a moral crossroads, wrestling with the consequences of his actions and the societal norms that dictate them. Faced with the harsh reality of Jim's enslavement due to the nefarious schemes of the King and Duke, Huck reaches a pivotal decision. In a moment of profound clarity, he declares, I guess I'll go to hell, and resolves to break Jim out of bondage. This bold decision marks a turning point in Huck's journey, setting the stage for an act of daring defiance against the injustices of his world. What happens next? You're about to find out.
1: Hey, thank you very much, Robot. We appreciate it always. Give us a quick recap. And now, with that being said, let's dive into... <laughs> I hate that word. Let's Chapter delve. 32. Let's do a deep dive, Dan. Let's Sorry.
0: Dive. I apologize but, to everyone. <laughs> and then when we're done, let's circle back and see why it was bandworthy.
1: <laughs> it sounds good. We'll delve into that. Chapter 32 of Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn. When I got there, it was all still and Sunday-like, and hot and sunshiny. The hands was gone to the fields, and there was them kind of faint dronings of bugs and flies in the air that makes it seem so lonesome and like everybody's dead and gone. And if a breeze fans along and quivers the leaves, it makes you feel mournful, because you feel its spirits whispering. Spirits that's been dead ever so many years, and you always think they're about you. What? <laughs> You always think they're about you. (laughs) Our brain's trying to catch up with the words.
0: What? What's he talking about? I have no idea. What could that mean?
1: I feel like um, he's lonely.
0: That still doesn't really tie in, though. He's a narcissist?
1: I don't think he's a narcissist either, but I guess you've never really been a lonely person, Dan. You've always been fairly chipper, but I've had the very sad, lonely Sunday feelings before. Yeah, I mean, I was a real fat kid
0: growing up, so I was I was lonely a lot.
1: You never had but the I, bad Sunday lonely feeling.
0: Sundays were the, the best day because. Don't say it. Oh, no! Well, Sundays are the best. because they go to church. Is that what you were gonna? <laughs> no, no the, what? all
1: you can eat buffet.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Fish fry at the wigwam.
0: Fish fry was Friday, Jennifer. <laughs> No, Sunday I liked because I was not at school and Jay Pruitt and his crew of a-hole kids couldn't make fun of me and
1: mock Aww. me.
0: But yeah, you're right. I mean, then in a <laughs> while We'd hit that old country buffet and that would be <laughs> nice. That would cheer me up. Absolutely.
1: Oh, God. Okay. This is off to a really bad start. We're not even done with the first paragraph. As a general thing, it makes a body wish he was dead, too, and done with it all. I know the feeling. Phelps was one of these little one-horse cotton plantations, and they all look alike. A rail fence around a two-acre yard, a stile made out of logs sawed off and upended in steps, like barrels of a different length, to climb over the fence with, and for the women to stand on when they are going to jump onto a horse. Some sickly grass patches in the big yard, but mostly it was barren smooth, like an old hat with the nap rubbed off. Big double log house for the white folks. Chewed logs with the chinks stopped up with mud or mortar. And these mud stripes been whitewashed sometime or another. Round log kitchen with a big, broad, open but roofed passage joining it to the house. Log smoke house back of the kitchen. Three little log and ward cabins in a row. Okay, so he described what Phelps looks like. And I guess this describes to me and reinforces in my brain what a plantation looked like, because I've seen it in movies and pictures and stuff. I went around and clumb over the back backstile by the ash hopper and started for the kitchen. When I got a little ways, I heard the dim hum of a spinning wheel wailing along, up and sinking along down again. And then I knowed for certain I wished I was dead, for that is the lonesomest sound in the whole world. Really? A spinning wheel? I'm going to have to disagree with that. <laughs> I went right along, not fixing up any particular plan, but just trusting to Providence to put the right words in my mouth when the time come. For I'd noticed that Providence always did put the right words in my mouth if I left it alone. When I got halfway, first one hound, then another got up and went for me. In a quarter a minute, I was kind of a hub of a wheel, as you may say, spokes made out of dogs. A circle of 15 of them packed together around me, With their necks and noses stretched up toward me, a barking and howling, and more a coming. You could see, how many, why do they have this many dogs? They didn't spay and neuter back then, I suppose. And they don't seem to be attacking
0: him. They all seem to just be smelling him. I know, right? Right? That's fine. (laughs) I'd I'd love to be in that situation.
1: You could see them sailing over fences and around corners from everywhere. An N-word woman come tearing out of the kitchen with a rolling pin in her hand, singing out Begone, you Teague, you Spot! Begone, sah! And she fetched first one and then another of them a clip and sent them howling. And then the rest followed. And the next second half of them come back wagging their tails around me and making friends with me. There ain't no harm in a hound, no how. Hmm, something I agree with. Same. And behind the woman comes a little n girl and two little n boys without anything on but tow linen shirts. And they hung on to their mother's gown and peeped up from behind her at me, bashful, the way they always do. And here comes the white woman running from the house, about 45 or 50-year-old, bareheaded and her spinning stick in her hand, and behind her comes her little white children, acting the same way as the little N-words was doing. She was smiling all over so she could hardly stand and says, It's you, at last, ain't it? Who does she think he is?
0: Is Huck going to be <laughs> Huck right now? And go, it, it is, is me. me. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and I'd just like to point out here, uh-huh. it goes a long way to say the little kids, whether they're black or they're white, little kids are acting the same. And yeah, this would absolutely. be stamped with the CRT label of approval by Ron DeSantis or disapproval, right. whatever goes on in that screwed up yeah. mind of his.
0: Florida is where
1: woke
0: goes to die. Now that he stopped his campaign, I bet he hmm. just kicked off those boots and then the high heels and just took it easy.
1: Who knows? I don't think he's done. Like, people like that don't stop. He's probably going to try and be senator of Florida. I'll never be able to go back to that state. I feel sorry for everyone that's trapped there. Some people want to be trapped there, though. Is it, it's you at last, ain't it? I out with a yesin before I thought. She grabbed me and hugged me tight. He did it. He did say, yes, it is me. He came out with a yes Mm -hmm. Of course he did. She grabbed me and hugged me tight and then gripped me by both hands and shook and shook. And the tears come in her eyes and run down over. And she couldn't seem to hug and shake enough and kept saying, you don't look as much like your mother as I reckoned you would. But law sakes, I don't care for that. I'm so glad to see you. Dear, dear, it does seem like I could eat you up. Children... It's your cousin, Tom. Tell him howdy. So she thinks it's her nephew, cousin to her children. Cousin Tom. Very good. That'll be easy for him to remember because his friend. Tom Sawyer. Yeah. But they ducked their heads and put their fingers in their mouths and hid behind her. So she ran on. Liz, hurry up and get him a hot breakfast right away. Or did you get your breakfast on the boat? I said I had got it on the boat. Why would he say that? I'd be eaten. I'd be like, yes, I'm starving. I'm very hungry. I mean, he must be hungry. Yeah. I don't know. Because he's
0: you. literally been working hard and running. He's basically been on the run since they dug up Peter yeah. Wilkes, right?
1: right, right. Huh. Anyways, I said I had got it on the boat. So then she started for the house, leading me by the hand and the children tagging after. When we got there, she set me down in a split bottom chair and set herself down on a little low stool in front of me, holding both of my hands and says, Now I can have a good look at you. And laws o me, I've been hungry for it a many and a many a time. All these years long. And it's come at last. We've been expecting you a couple of days and more. What kept you? Boat get aground? Yes, am She. Don't say yes, am Say Aunt Sally. Where'd she get aground? I didn't rightly know what to say because I didn't know whether the boat would be coming up the river or down. But I go a good deal on instinct and my instinct said she would be coming up from down towards Orleans. That didn't help me much, though, for I didn't know the names of bars down that way. I see I'd got to invent a bar, or forget the name of the one we got a ground on, or now I struck an idea and fetched it out. It weren't the grounding. That didn't keep us back but a little. We blowed out a cylinder head. Good gracious, anybody hurt? No. Killed at N-word. Well, it's lucky, because sometimes people do get hurt holy shit, what's wrong with this woman? Someone died, and she's like, oh, well, that's lucky, because sometimes people do get hurt. God, it was only a black person. So we know what type of person she is. Again, plantation owner, right? Yeah, but wasn't yeah. Mary Jo really sad that the mom and children got split up? Like,
0: Yeah, and in fact... What's kind of interesting about that whole thing um, was the town seemed to think like they all were into yeah okay I mean it's your they're your property you can sell them to make a profit or make money whatever that's just what did happen back then but the fact that they said the town kind of collectively said that's eh, pretty crappy to separate the, the parents and the kids and
1: yeah do you already hate this aunt selling. I don't know her very much, but I don't like that she said that. I think she's a bad person. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I do hate her then. I don't like bad people. Two years ago, last Christmas, your Uncle Silas was coming up from New Orleans on the old Lally Rook, and she blowed out a cylinder head and crippled a man. And I think he died afterwards. He was a Baptist. Your Uncle Silas knowed a family in Baton Rouge that knowed his people very well. Yes, I remember now. He did die. "'Mortification set in, and they had to amputate him. "'But it didn't save him. "'Yes, it was mortification, that was it. "'He turned blue all over "'and died in the hope of a glorious resurrection. "'They say he was a sight to look at. "'Your uncle's been up to the town every day to fetch you, "'and he's gone again, not more than an hour ago. "'He'll be back any minute now. "'You must have met him on the road, didn't you? "'Oldish man, with a, "'No, I didn't see nobody, Aunt Sally.' The boat landed just at daylight, and I left my baggage on the wharf boat and went looking around the town and out a piece in the country to put in the time and not get here too soon. And so I come down the back way. Who'd you give the baggage to? Nobody. Why, child, it'll be stole. Not where I hid it, I reckon it won't. I says, how'd you get your breakfast so early on the boat? It was kind or thin ice. But I says, the captain see me standing around and told me I better have something to eat before I went ashore. So he took me in the Texas to the officer's lunch and give me all I wanted. See, now that's a lie he doesn't have to say. I don't get that. Why is he lying? Why does he it's, lie so much? I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's good, but this one I don't get. I was like get, Just eat the food.
0: Yeah, right? Just She's offering you food. Just eat the food. You don't have to make up a whole story about yeah. this crazy food journey you were on. God.
1: I was getting so uneasy, I couldn't listen good. I had my mind on the children all the time. I wanted to get them out to one side and pump them a little and find out who I was. But I couldn't get no show. Mrs. Phelps kept it up and run on so. Pretty soon she made the cold chills streak all down my back because she says, but here we're running on this way and you ain't told me a word about sis, nor any of them. Now I'll rest my works a little and you start up Bjorn. Just tell me everything. Tell me all about them all. Every one of them and how they are and what they're doing and what they told you to tell me and every last thing you can think of. Oh boy,
0: that's a tall order. This is Christmas for Huck. Huck. Lie away. Oh, man. Let's see, how, let's see how he pulls this off.
1: Hi, I'm Dan. And my name's Jennifer, and we're from Bandcamp, a comedy podcast where we read banned books and try to figure out why they were banned in the first place. Season six
0: of Bandcamp premieres on June 4th, and we picked a fantastic book for this season. And the name of the book is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Alire science
1: It's our first contemporary book. It explores friendship and sexuality through the experiences of two Mexican-American teenagers living in El Paso in the 80s.
0: If you are new to Bandcamp, each season we read an entire book. In each episode of that season, Jennifer reads the chapter out loud, and we comment and try to have fun as we go.
1: New episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday.
0: So please join us as we try and figure out why Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe could have ever been banned. But I bet we're not going to find anything because banning books is stupid.
1: Season 6 premieres on June 4th. See you there. Well, I see I was a stump, and up it good. Providence had stood by me this fur all right, but I was hard and tight around now. I see it weren't a bit of use to try to go ahead. I'd got to throw up my hand. So I says to myself, here's another place where I got to risk the truth. I opened my mouth to begin, but she grabbed me and hustled me in behind the bed and says, here he comes. Stick your head down lower. There. That'll do. You can't be seen now. Don't you let on, you're here. I'll play a joke on him. Children, don't you say a word. Wow, that was lucky. Oh, so who's coming? Oh, Silas. Hey, probably Silas. I see I was in a fix now, but it weren't no use to worry. There weren't nothing to do but just hold still and try to be ready to stand from under when the lightning struck. I had just one little glimpse of the old gentleman when he comes in. Then the bed hid him. Mrs. Phelps she jumps for him and says, Has he come? No, says her husband goodness gracious she says what in the world can have become of him i can't imagine says the old gentleman and i must say it makes me dreadful uneasy uneasy she says i'm ready to go distracted he must have come and you've missed him along the road i know it's so something tells me so why sally i couldn't miss him along the road you know that but oh dear dear what will sis say he must have come You must have missed him. Oh, don't distress me any more, and I'm already distressed. I don't know what in the world to make of it. I'm at my wit's end, and I don't mind acknowledging it. I'm right down scared. But there's no hope that he's come, for he couldn't come and me miss him. Sally, it's terrible, just terrible. Something's happened to the boat. Why, Silas, look yonder, up the road. Ain't that somebody coming? He sprung to the window at the head of the bed, and that give Mrs. Phelps the chance she wanted. She stooped down quick at the foot of the bed and give me a pull and out I come. And when he turned back from the window, there she stood, a beaming and a smiling like a house of fire. And I standing pretty meek and sweaty alongside the old gentleman stared and says, why, who's that? Who do you reckon it is? I hain't no idea. Who is it? It's Tom Sawyer. By jings, I, well, I, okay, that's just too convenient, Mark Twain. Come on now. It could have been any Tom. Do you know what I was gonna Why say? Why would it be? Wasn't Tom Aunt Sawyer?
0: Sally an aunt, aunt Sally is uh Tom Sawyer's aunt. I remember that.
1: Oh, I didn't know. I I never read Tom Sawyer.
0: No, we've talked about it in this book.
1: Oh man, god, my memory.
0: And I don't know about Silas, but was Silas like Bill or Bob or John back then? Because I think this is like the third time a Silas has been mentioned.
1: Oh, well maybe. But anyways. Now he knows who he's supposed to be. He knows everything about Tom Sawyer. He's not going to have an issue. And it, it's good because he shouldn't have a problem getting Jim back. Right. Because Sally might know about Huck's aunt. She might, you know. Right. It is pretty convenient. It is too convenient. By hmm. jings, I most slumped through the floor, but there weren't no time to swap knives. The old man grabbed me by the hand and shook. And kept on shaking, and all the time how the woman did dance around and laugh and cry, and then how they both did fire off questions about Sid and Mary and the rest of the tribe. But if they was joyful, it weren't nothing to what I was, for it was like being born again. I was so glad to find out who I was. Well, they froze to me for two hours, and at last, when my chin was so tired it couldn't hardly go any more, I had told them more about my family. I mean the Sawyer family. Than ever happened to any six Sawyer families. Now, I was feeling pretty comfortable all down one side and pretty uncomfortable all up the other. Now, is it so? They're expecting Tom Sawyer. What happens if Tom Sawyer shows up? It'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like they will lie
0: because they're both little scam artists.
1: Yeah, they like to play, especially Tom Sawyer likes to do practical jokes. Yeah, yeah. Being Tom Sawyer was easy and comfortable. But it stayed easy and comfortable till, by and by, I hear a steamboat coughing along down the river. Then I says to myself, suppose Tom Sawyer comes down on that boat, and suppose he steps in here any minute and sings out my name before I can throw him a wink to keep quiet. Well, I couldn't have it that way. It wouldn't do at all. I must go up the road and waylay him. So I told the folks I reckoned I would go up to the town and fetch down my baggage. The old gentleman was for going along with me, but I said, no, I could drive the horse myself and I'd rather he wouldn't take no trouble about me. End of chapter. Okay. Well, you can tell the end of the book is approaching because things are starting to form into shape. They got rid of those two hoodlums. Boy, they could have, they, they, that could have been, that could have been a chapter. Yeah. Those hoodlums, right? I hope, Maybe I hope we chapters. don't see them again. But uh, they got rid of them. He's on a mission to save Jim. He's in Tom Sawyer's house, basically. This is his family. Tom Sawyer's on the way. So I sense they're going to be able to go up, all of them together. And I really hope it turns out all right for Jim. Well, I
0: mean, don't you think because these books, even though we didn't read Tom Sawyer and we've never read The Adventures of Puckleberry Finn, don't you kind of think... If it was a bad ending, a sad ending, we might have known about it. I mean,
1: I I don't know.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. It's a good chapter, a little convenient, but maybe Mark Twain is trying to uh, make fun of how writers sometimes take the easy way out. Let's just give him
1: the uh, I don't know.
0: Benefit of the doubt. I don't
1: know. It's a good way to wrap up the story.
0: It's time for PPP. Problematic points to ponder. What, if anything, would be considered banworthy in this chapter? All right, what about anything in here PPP ish? What, if anything, could be I mean, banworthy in that chapter?
1: You know my theory about banning books based on it using the N word, which is offensive. I don't I mm-hmm. that word mm-hmm. shouldn't be used, but I think a lot of the times when there are books that are trying to change white people's minds about race, I think they Mm -hmm. get banned a lot because certain factions of our society don't want people to change their minds about race. They don't want to change, right. So the word can be a scapegoat sometimes, but that word came up in here. Mm -hmm. Ironically, when he was describing how exactly alike white and black children are, he used that word. So that's-
0: today's world, with you know our sensibilities, it is such an ugly word, and I know back then it was a terrible word, but it probably wasn't as ugly then as it is now. you think I'm wrong about that?
1: No, the reason it was widely used is because it's dehumanizing, and language like that perpetuates the idea that black people aren't humans, they're just chattels, so yeah. the wide use of it you know just kind of speaks to how things were
0: it's weird because it's such an ugly word but like you said it was used in that kind of beautiful scene even before um he was saying he he said that you know um, black kids and white kids are all the same like before that just when the black woman came out and then her kids came after her and they were all shy and peeking at him and looking at him yeah that's a sweet moment. Yeah. Like I, you can picture that moment. You know moment what it reminds me
1: of? It reminds me of hmm. when um, didn't Scout go or was it Jem went with Atticus Finch to yes. the widow? And all the little yep. kids were coming out and being adorable. Yep. It kind of reminds me of that moment.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's a heartbreaking moment. Yeah. Part of that book.
1: And yeah. When they um, go to see Tom Robinson's widow. Yeah, Yeah.
0: but it's just weird because it is odd. And again, I'm sure Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens did it on purpose.
1: Yeah, of course. But
0: it's weird to just go from saying an ugly word to a beautiful sentiment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the same sentence. Yeah. I think that, again, might be one of the big reasons maybe that it was banned is because like stop making me feel bad about not liking black people. From Van worthy to binge All right. Well, we've caused enough literary chaos for today. Thank you for listening, scary book people. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with one person to whom it would add value. Bandcamp is produced and hosted by Jennifer Davis and me, Dan Schultz. All media used in this production was done so under the protection of a fair use. See you guys next time. Bye.